afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen, and you are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And today is Good News Monday. We have some good news to talk through. We have some things to celebrate today. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the return of Coach Kennedy to the Bremerton High School football field. And congratulations to him. What an excellent, excellent story that is. We're going to dive into that a little bit. And if we have time, we might take a return visit back to California. We have some people in California to celebrate. They are standing up to the tyrannical left. And we uh, we want to support them. We want to celebrate them. We want to congratulate them. But first, the email here is thedean.list at protonmail.com. Thedean.list at protonmail.com. Keep the emails coming. I do like to hear from you. It is fun to have a conversation with you just, you know, about, about stuff you're seeing, stuff you're hearing across the educational landscape. And, of course, if you have questions, uh, reach out to me. I am happy to help you along the way in whatever way I can. The dean.list at protonmail.com. So uh, I think the first thing we need to celebrate, though, is the Detroit Lions. Can you believe they beat the Kansas City Chiefs Thursday night, the opening game of the NFL season? Let's go, our lovable Leos, beating the Super Bowl champs on opening night. Do you think that could qualify as the the Lions Super Bowl? I'm thinking it could. I have, have grown up in the Detroit area, loving the Detroit Lions. And I think this is the closest to a Super Bowl we've ever been, beating the Super Bowl champs. You know what? Hey, we'll take victories, right? As small as they may seem, I think we'll take them. But this Coach Kennedy victory is not a small victory. This is a huge victory. Let's uh, let's set the table here. Let me refresh your memory on what happened here. 2015, the Bremerton School District says to the coach, he's an assistant coach on the football team there, and they say you can no longer take a knee at the 50s. So since 2008, after every football game, the coach would go to the 50-yard line and he would take a knee. Sometimes, you know, players would join him. But that was his, what, what he said, it was his ritual. And every game. This, this went on for seven years, from 2008 to 2015. And finally, the school district says, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you can do that. Uh, separation of church and state. I just feel like, you know, the, the leftist progressive Marxists talk like that. Kind of high and weaselly. I don't think you can do that, coach. So they tell him, you have to stop or you, we're going to fire you. You know, they give him this ultimatum, and he says, I'm not going to stop. So they fire him. He sues the school district, and it makes its way all the way up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court rules in his favor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this Supreme Court. And we're going we're gonna to hear a clip from his attorney, and the attorney says something very interesting. And I... I know some of you that that were with me last week as we were diving deep into the the Protect Protect Prayer in Public Schools Act. 
Some of you are going to catch this. Some of you are going to catch what his attorney says. And we will we'll get to that clip. We're going to listen to the coach. We have a clip from the coach. It's just such a great story. It's it's just a heartwarming story. He 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 said, you know, after this this case was over, he said, I want to do two things. I want to coach again and I want to take a knee at the 50 again. And so here we are this fall. And he's on the sidelines with his team again. And after the game, he goes to the 50-yard line and takes a knee. I've seen the clip, and the crowd is just, they are so into it. They are just, that stadium is full of people that support him. That community has rallied around him, you know, because they they believe in our ability to to speak freely. They believe in our ability to worship freely in whatever way we choose. And he chose to do it at the 50-yard line and just privately, quietly take a knee. And that community has rallied around him. Now, not everybody in the community rallied around him. I'm going to read a quote from the Bremerton, Washington, um, the, the, the local newspaper there. Here's what they had to say. Kennedy's return comes with some controversy. The Freedom From Religion Foundation. Did you know there was a foundation called the Freedom From Religion Foundation? I bet this is a happy group of people. The Freedom From Religion Foundation says it put up a billboard reading, quote, Wishing Bremerton High School a safe, secular, and successful school year, end quote. Oh, wow. Wishing Bremerton High School a safe, secular, and successful school year. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> this is hilarious. You know, as you're, you know, you're out with friends, you're at a party, and, and you're leaving, you know, the night's winding down, and you might say to them, hey, stay safe, or you know you're you're sending your your kids off to off to college or first day of school or first day of a football practice or first day of something and and you say have a successful year you hear those things stay safe hey i wish you great success i have never once heard anybody mm, i wish you much secularity i wish you a secular life Stay safe and stay secular out there. I mean, who who says that? Who wishes people to be secular? I don't know. The Freedom From Religion Foundation, I guess. So they put up this billboard. We hope that the, the Beamerton High School students have a safe and secular and successful school year. I don't know why that just cracks me up. I just, oh, man. So yeah, they are, you know, there's some people that are not in support of the coach, but the inside of the stadium uh, was just apparent. It was just apparent that the people in there love him and they were in support of him. So after the game, he he goes to the 50 yard line, he takes a knee, and the crowd just erupts. I mean, the roar of the crowd is just awesome. I absolutely just loved it. Let's pause for a moment and take a listen to the coach here. I I want you to hear what he says because there's a couple things 
he talks about the support of the crowd and what it means to him, uh, the support of the community. And then he talks about the Constitution. So two things here. Let's let's take a listen. Thank everybody for being out here and supporting the Knights. What an awesome way to come back after eight year battle. This is what it's all about. The best part of tonight was the crowd that came out to support our team. And it was just awesome on that third touchdown, number 15, Ollie came up to me and said, coach, that, that last one was for you. Welcome back. And kind of melted my heart a little bit. So I, I give props to everybody here and man, what an awesome evening. I, I feel like I, we, we have fought the good fight and we've finished this race and we kept the faith the whole entire time and it was absolutely 100% worth it. There is nothing better than America and the Constitution and it just proves that it is live and well. It's not just for one or two people, it's for everyone. And I just, I'm so blessed to be here and be with you guys. So the first thing I wanna point out about this clip is the young man who scores the third touchdown that he makes reference to. And he comes up to the coach and he says, coach, welcome back. This touchdown's for you. This is, this is in honor of you. I want you to think about this for a second. Whoever this young man is, he, he has never been coached by Coach Kennedy prior to this night. But yet he, he, he scores a touchdown, dedicates it to the coach, comes up to him and says, that touchdown was for you. A man that he, has he ever met him? I mean, I'm sure he's met him, but he's never been coached by him. He, he wasn't around in, in 2015. He wasn't on the team in 2015 when Coach Kennedy was fired. Never played under him until now, until this season. Doesn't know him previously, but yet understands the situation. He understands what the coach, not only what the coach went through, but what the coach stood for. Because Coach Kennedy was making a stand. He, he had... He had a grand opportunity to just buckle and cower and just say to that school board, you know what? I, okay, I'll just, all right, I won't pray. I really want to keep my job. My job and my family are very important to me. I'm going to keep my job. I think God understands. I'll just, you know, I'll just pray in my heart. I'll just, and I'll just shut my eyes. And in my mind, I'm walking to the 50 yard line and I'm praying. I mean, it's a ritual. I can just, I can pray in my heart after every game. I don't have to go to the 50-yard line. And he had this grand opportunity to keep his job and just not make waves. Not, I don't really want to ruffle the feathers. I don't want to make waves. I just, I'd rather just keep my job and go about my business and and just kind of stay over here and you know, he just he had this opportunity to do that. And he he chose not to take it. He chose not to take that opportunity. He chose to take the road less traveled. And he did. He took the road less traveled and he came out on the other side victorious. And now he has young men on his football team that have seen this. They have watched him take this road. 
they've watched the things that he's gone through. I'm sure they see the billboard in the community that says wishing Bremerton High School a safe and secular and successful school year, a very non-religious school year, a very non-Coach Kennedy school year. You know, these boys on this on this football team are seeing this, and they see the character of the man. They see how appreciative he is. I mean, this, this interview after the game, he's not talking about himself. He's talking about how grateful he is that the community came out to support the football team. And how grateful he was that this young man, who he's never coached before, after the third touchdown of the game, comes up to him and says, Coach, that's for you. That is this, that touchdown was for you. Think of the impact he's making. Think of the impact he's leaving on these young men. And if you're a parent, you want your children to be around men like Coach Kennedy because of the life lessons that your son or daughter will learn from this man. If you had an opportunity to have your son on that football team, you would not want to pass it up to rub shoulders with a man of that quality and that caliber with that much stick to That is, I think that's what parents want. That's what they want for their kids. They want their kids to experience that type of relationship rather than, rather than what is happening now, rather than experience this, you know, this California counselor in this elementary school who, who tells this fifth grader that because she's experiencing depression and anxiety, she might be a boy. You don't want that. You, you don't want your kids around that. You don't want your kids to be influenced by that. You want them to be influenced by a man who's willing to stand up for principles. Stand up for what he believes in, things that are right things that are true, things that are good, and he's willing to fight for that. He's willing to fight for the Constitution. And he says that. He says, there is nothing better than America and the Constitution. Did you catch that? He loves the country. He loves the Constitution. And then he ended it with this. He said, the Constitution is alive and well. He said, it's for everybody. This isn't just for me. He said, it's for everybody. And the Constitution is alive and well. And after this victory handed down by the Supreme Court, I agree with him. I believe there is hope. I believe the Constitution is alive and it's well. I believe we, we have a court currently who has this desire within them, or at least the majority of the court does has this desire to go back to original thought, to go back to, um, well, they have, they have said that they're willing to, to consider if, 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 if something that has, has been deemed a tradition in this country, a longstanding tradition, if, if we've been doing it for years, then this court is willing to deem it constitutional. And in this country, we have been praying for years, for years, 
both publicly and privately. And this court currently is willing to deem this constitutional. We're going to hear on the other side of the break, we're going to hear a clip from Kennedy's attorney. And he says something that, oh, it's going to, it's so intriguing. If you were with me last week during our, 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 our deep dive into the Protect Prayer and Schools Act, you're going to catch something that this attorney says. It's, it's going to catch your ear. And then we're going to be able to, um, we're going to be able to, to support what he says via the history lesson that we took last week. I promise I'm not going to, we're not going to take another deep dive. Okay. We're going to, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break, not a complete deep dive, but it's so interesting what this, what this attorney, what you're going to hear him say, and we're going to understand what he's meaning because of the, uh, because of the work we did last week, because of the historical context that we created last week, we're going to, we're going to have a better picture and a better understanding of what he means when he talks about the Constitution. All right, not enough time to get into it uh, before the break. You are listening to The Dean's List. I am Dean Bowen on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. We are happy to have you along for the ride today. We are we are celebrating today, and we are happy to have you a part of that celebration. You can listen to us here on America Out Loud Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. We are happy to have you along. You can also catch us on the podcasts. Every show goes to podcasts the next day, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, actually. Speaking of podcasts, you may want to go back and 
I don't know if you haven't listened to the deep dive shows yet. We took a deep dive into the Protect Prayer in Schools Act. Uh, we did five parts, actually, parts one through five. So just to kind of refresh yourself, if you have not listened to parts one through five, you might want to go back at some point. If you're listening to this live, then you know go back after. If you're catching this on podcast, pause it and go back and find one through five, because once we dive into the attorney, Kennedy's a, a, attorney from First Liberty, and we listen to some things that, that he has to say about this case, maybe a little refresher into that deep dive might help. So we heard the clip from Coach Kennedy in the first segment, and you, you could just, you could hear the appreciation in his voice. You can hear how appreciative he is of the community. And they were they were out there in full support. The stadium was full of people that that were just there to not only watch the football game and, and be a part of the football game and a part of the community, but there to support the coach. So after the game, he goes to the 50-yard line, he takes a knee, and the crowd just erupts. They absolutely love it. They're just, they are all in. They are in support of this man. He said that, you know, when, when the case was over, he said, the two things I want to do again is I want to coach and I want to take a knee at the 50. And and he, he, he pulled it off. He did both of those things. And the stadium absolutely loved it, just loved it. Of course, not everybody there is in support of him. You know, the, the, the Freedom From Religion Foundation, they are not in support of the coach. Their banner, wishing Bremerton High School a safe, secular, and successful school year, does not scream, hey, Coach Kennedy, we support you. No, it does not. No, not when you're not when you're wishing that particular high school to have a secular school year. I mean, who who says that? Who who, who uses that as a something you you wish upon somebody? I mean, you wish people success, you know, and you want people to be safe. You know, when when you're leaving them, you say, "Hey, drive safe" or "Be safe." Nobody says, "Hey, be secular." Hey, stay secular out there. I I don't know. I just uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. So not everybody is in support of the coach, but but the community that was there that night, you could just hear it. You could hear it in the crowd. You could you could hear the appreciation in the coach and that young man on the football team who who uh, after he scores the third touchdown just comes up to him and says, "Hey, coach, that that was for you. That's special." That means a lot. And this man, he he loves the country. He loves the Constitution. And he said, the Constitution is alive and well. He said, there's nothing better than America and the Constitution. And the Constitution is alive and well. And it is. I think after this case, it is alive and well. Last week during our deep dive towards the tail end of that, we you know, we started talking about some cases that the Supreme Court was doling out that really it just seemed like the Constitution was under assault and being shredded before our very eyes. Uh, the First Amendment turned upside down against itself. 
And this case shows that the Constitution is indeed alive and well. As a matter of fact, I want to play a clip for you from his attorney. His attorney is with First Liberty. And if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, it looks like it's Hiram Sasser. I might be destroying that name if I am Mr. Sasser. I apologize. But let's take a moment here and listen to what he has to say about this case. I mean, this case uh, overturned 50 years of precedent. So, uh, I mean, it changed the face of uh, American constitutional law. It, it changed the, the default from being censor anything religious in schools to we have to accommodate things that are religious in schools. It's a huge paradigm shift that everybody across the country is starting to get used to and realizing they have more freedoms than they ever had before for most of most people's lives. It's been 50 years. Love the high school marching band playing in the background. This makes me want to go watch a high school football game. So what do you think about that? He said that this case changed the face of, of American constitutional law. Changed the face of the law. The face of the law has been quite different over the last 60, 70 years. It's been quite different indeed. In this one single case, that's changed it a little bit. I think I agree with him on that. It's He said it's changed the default from censorship, from religious censorship to religious liberty. Because the default over the years has been censorship. He said that it overturned 50 years of precedent. Did you catch that? It's overturned 50 years of precedent. Precedent of religious censorship. That's the precedent that's been set. And that precedent had to be followed. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it last week. During our deep dive, just a little refresher. I'm not going to, we're not going to re-dive again. You don't have to put your life jacket on. We're not going to re-dive again. But just a little refresher. The late 1800s, you know who Charles Darwin decides that that we came from monkeys or fish or something, whatever we came from. And this this idea of evolution sprung into academia, specifically into the Harvard Law School, which, irony of ironies, the founder of Harvard Law, Justice Joseph Story, states repeatedly in his writings that that when you are, are gauging the Constitution, you want to know if something is constitutional, you have to go back to the original documents. You have to go back to the debates. You have to go back to the spirit of the founding. Then you can determine, based upon that definition, okay, this is the man who founded Harvard Law School. His mindset was the law is immutable. It is the law of nature and nature's God. It's an edict from God. He agreed with Blackstone. He followed, you know, they all did. All of these, these justices, these attorneys, they all read Blackstone. They understood that the law of God was immutable. It was fixed. And that's, that's who our laws came from. And this was their belief. This professor in Harvard Law in the 1870s, 
Ling Do was his name. He decided, you know, he he took this idea of of Darwin, this whole evolutionary idea, and he thought, why don't we apply this to the legal process? Because then now the law can change. It's no longer fixed. It's not immutable. It's not unchanging. Like like evolution, the law can can change. It can expand. It can it can grow as society changes. You know, we can change the law a little bit. We can just kind of push it along little by little by little by little. You know, humans evolve little by little by little by little. The the animals evolved little by little by little over billions and billions and billions of years. And now we we have humanity and we have evolution to think. Not a God, not a creator. So if there isn't a creator that created us, then there isn't a creator who's given us unalienable rights. There isn't a creator who has natural law as the foundation, then, you know, we can we can change things. We can change the law. And this was the idea. And this professor had a student, and the student's name was Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr. And Teddy Roosevelt puts Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr. on the Supreme Court, the early 1900s. And from that position, from his Supreme Court position, he begins to preach this doctrine of the law expanding, the law ever-changing, the law being, you know, really subject to, to societal changes because, you know, guess what? Societies change. And the law really needs to change with those societies. I mean, that makes sense, right? And slowly but surely, people begin to agree with him. They begin to be persuaded by his way of thinking until we get to FDR, who is looking for a Supreme Court justice to put on the bench. And lo and behold, who should he pick but a former member of the KKK? That's right, Hugo Black. And he says, hmm, Hugo Black, he's a good Democrat. Hugo Black was a Democrat. He was in the Senate, a former KKK member. I think most Democrats in the Senate were former KKK members. They probably would have been current KKK members had the KKK still been a thing. But we call them former members. FDR says, I want that guy. He puts Hugo Black on the bench. And Hugo Black takes this whole idea, this whole idea of case precedent. That's what they called it. They called it case precedent because if one case makes a decision or de- or a determination they refer to that as precedent then the next case the next you know the next decision that the supreme court made needed to follow that precedent and they could just they could move the goalposts little by little by little so in 1947 you know we we talked about this in 47 Hugo Black says, ah, really, there's this wall of separation between church and state, and it, it's it got to stay high and fixed. I mean, we just, you know, we can't move it. And also, you know, the First Amendment, it really means this, that that not only the federal government can, can establish religion, but the states can't either. And that one little statement 
just moved the goalpost on the First Amendment just an inch. And then the next case, 1951, had to follow that precedent, but it moved it a little further and a little further and a little further until we get to 1962. And the Supreme Court said, you know, we don't need prayer. And at 63, we don't need the Bible. So we talked about all this. We don't need to, to re-dive it again, but it's this whole idea of precedent. Precedent was set, and then it's got to be followed. That precedent has to be followed. But this attorney with First Liberty says, this case overturned 50 years of precedent. And this is this is interesting. This is this is important. This Supreme Court is not interested in the evolving law theory. At least five members, five or six members of this court, they're not interested in this whole theory of of the law evolving, of the law shifting and changing with society. This court is interested in what the Constitution actually meant when it was drafted. What did the founders mean when they actually drafted it? And that's why this attorney, Hiram Sasser, can say, this case overturns 50 years of precedent. And that's the beauty of, of this court. And that's the hope that that almost sits in this court. It's because they have said, we are willing to, to look at a longstanding practice in this country as being constitutional. We don't care what precedent has been set over the last 50 years. Because the precedent that was set over the last 50 years was ridiculous. I mean, you, you had Supreme Court decisions that said the Ten Commandments can't be in a courtroom. That's unconstitutional. While the Ten Commandments is in the Supreme Court building. How, ups how upside down is that? How ridiculous is that? The precedent that was being set over the last 50 years uh, was just, it was crazy. And this court has said, look, we have uh, we have prayed for years in this country, publicly and privately. And this this man still has freedom of speech. And he still has the right by the First Amendment to to exercise his his expression freely to exercise his faith freely in, in whatever way he, he pleases and whatever way he chooses. And by making that decision, this court just put the, they put the stop down on precedent. So when this attorney says it changed the face uh, or, or, yeah, it changed the face of constitutional law, I mean, that's a big statement because the face of constitutional law over the past 50 years has been ugly, and it just keeps getting uglier and uglier. And this Supreme Court just gave it a makeover. They performed some plastic surgery on the face of constitutional law. Looks a little prettier today. He said it changed the default from censorship, from religious censorship to religious liberty. Because the, the default has been over the last 50, 60, 70 years, the default has been, mm, we're going to censor religion. We are going to put the kibosh on that thing. 
and mostly we're going to put the kibosh on Christianity. I mean, really, when you, when the Supreme Court says it's unconstitutional for a cemetery to have a cross in it, because if someone at the cemetery should look and see the cross, they're going to be emotionally damaged. That isn't, you know, that's that's not separation of church and state. That's a full-on frontal assault of Christianity. I mean, the cross is not a, a symbol, at least to my knowledge, of any other religion except Christianity. That is the symbol of Christianity. And this court has said, we're going to put a stop to that. And this court is willing, they're willing, I, th I think this court is willing to look at other religious liberty cases, and we're going we're gonna to see it happen. We're going to see it unfold. We're going to see this thing open up. And here's why. Because the what the school said, what upon the return of the coach, oh, what the school said that their rules were going to be, this is going to, this is going to make you laugh. All right, though, we're going to have to pick it up on the other side. Sorry about that little teaser, uh, but just hang tight with us on the other side, and we will get to what the school said that they were, how they were going to accommodate the coach. We'll pick it up. You're listening to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I am Dean Bowen. We are celebrating Coach Kennedy. And we are we're really happy about all this. We're we're just happy about the way it 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 came about, the way it shook out. We're happy for the coach in terms of the way the community 
has has responded to him. You know, if you if you watch the clip of him going to the fifty yard line and praying, and just you know watching the watching and and really hearing the roar of the crowd while he goes to the fifty yard line, we're just really happy about the support. We love it, and we're we're intrigued by his attorney saying that this case has overturned 50 years of precedent. That is an important statement. It's important to us because we understand what precedent is. We understand where it came from. And and so that statement really carries some weight that this court is willing to, to overturn that precedent. But how has the school responded? I can't imagine that the administration is happy that the coach is back, number one. I mean, they did give him an ultimatum that said, either you stop praying at the 50-yard line or we're firing you. And the coach said, I'm not stop praying. I'm going to keep on praying. And they said, okay, you're fired. And and he took him to court. And he took him, it went all the way up to the Supreme Court where he's he's victorious. So I can't imagine that these guys are really excited about it. I can't imagine that they're excited that he's he's back on the sideline. I can't imagine. It just has got to feel like, like it's just being rubbed in their faces. After that game the other night, he goes to the 50-yard line and takes a knee again. Uh, they just, uh, they <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know. I just can't imagine they're happy about it. You know, maybe they agree with the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Maybe they 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 want everyone to have a safe, secular, and successful school year. Well, here's what they said. They have a new district policy on prayer. And you're going to love this. The district's new prayer policy allows coaches to pray. I mean, that's pretty good, right? That's a good start. It's hit, hey, you can pray. Oh, but there's a caveat to that. You can pray as long as you don't invite anyone to join you. Oh, what about that? Because when Coach Kennedy was going to the 50-yard line after every football game, he was just going out there, but other players would, would come along and they would join him. Now, interestingly enough, I don't know if he invited them. I don't know if he said, hey, you guys want to come to the 50 and, and, and pray with me? Or if they just showed up. The caveat here is interesting, though, because it says coaches can pray as long as they don't invite anyone to join. So could students join uninvited, you might ask? I mean, that's that's a good question. Might they join uninvited? Oh, but this the school districts thought of that. Yeah, they think of everything. And so they added this the second caveat to their new prayer policy. Coaches are allowed to pray as long as they don't invite anyone to join and are at least 25 feet from students when the prayer starts. Uh-huh. At least, they say, okay, you can pray. You're, you're welcome to pray. You can't, you can't invite anyone to join you. Uh-uh, that's a big no-no. That, that goes against our prayer policy. 
And if students should come out to join you, mm, no, no, you have to be at least 25 feet from students when the prayer starts. Hmm. When the prayer starts. So I suppose Coach Kennedy could take a knee and maybe start out his prayer with, you know, however you start out your prayer. Heavenly Father, mighty God. I had a friend who used to, who used to start his prayer out like that. Mighty God. Heavenly Father, I, I don't know, however you started out, then he could he could pause, you know, as long as he's 25 feet away, you know, and then he could let the other student come and join him uninvited. I mean, he started the prayer already. I mean, it says, or at least 25 feet from students when the prayer starts. It doesn't say you have to be 25 feet from students during the prayer. It just says when you start it. So here it is, coach, and and the football team. You know, coach, go take a knee, start your prayer, and then the rest of the team, whoever wants, can come uninvited. Matter of fact, the entire community could come join him uninvited. And what kind of statement would that make if the entire Bremerton High School football team and community, what if the stands emptied? How sweet would that be? I mean, it was really cool to watch the clip as he went to the 50 and to and just to hear the crowd just cheer and roar because he's got the freedom to do this. It's been eight years since 2015, 2023. That's eight years. He has been banned from this simple act of just going to the 50-yard line and praying. So he shows up, he does it, and the crowd just roars. They, they love it. They're behind him. And that's really cool. But what would be extra cool is if the, the as if the bleachers just emptied and they all just poured down onto the 50 and prayed with him right at the 50 yard line and if the football team just joins him and other other members of the student body other students cheerleaders you know students in the stands uh i wonder what the i wonder what the school district would 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 do I wonder how they would respond to that you know, there's only one way to find out. Coach Kennedy. Can we get a hold of Coach Kennedy? Can we ask him? Can we can we suggest this to him? I mean, this this there's only one way to find out. I wonder what this district would do if the entire stadium just emptied out and makes their way to the 50-yard line. This this yeah, I don't know what the what the school district's policy is on on hiding gender stuff from parents. I don't know. It would be interesting to know to find out where, what their stance is. Are they one of the schools that that has this gender policy where, you know, if, if a student comes forward to a teacher and wants to, you know, wants to change their gender, that the teacher hides it from the parent. I mean, it's interesting that that schools are all for that. And we've we've gone through the indoctrination map and we've seen that there are thousands of schools inside of districts that that are are a part of that movement, a part of that movement of secrecy to hide that information from parents. 
And yet all this man wants to do is just go to the 50-yard line and pray. And the school district is going to fire him for that. But the school district will not fire a teacher who tells a, a fifth grader who is feeling anxious and depressed that the reason is because, well, maybe she's actually a boy. That teacher will lie to that student, and the school will not only will the school not fire that teacher, but the school will put that teacher through some training on how that teacher can actually, you know, use the gender unicorn that that will teach students the lie that gender is fluid. And you know, you can you can kind of come and go, you can move up and down the scale. It's you know, it's 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 this fluid thing. You know, one day you might feel like a girl, the next day you might feel like a boy. And that's that's perfectly normal. And school districts will they'll pay for that. They will pay for that training. I mean, we talked about it, you know, out of out of Boise, Idaho, Idaho that district paid over $16,000 for new teachers to be trained in, in this indoctrination, to be trained in ways to lie to kids. But yet Coach Kennedy will, you know, he'll go to the 50-yard line and, and, you know, he'll get fired for it. And last week, really in the in the deep dive, we we saw how we got here. And it's been a long road. It's been a long 50, 60 years of of this, of of really case precedent taking us to this point. But we're here now. So what can we do about it? You know, as as I said earlier, you know, Coach Kennedy had this grand opportunity. He had this grand opportunity to just to just roll over. You know, this the, the school district said, you know, we really, you know, we're just you're, we're gonna fire you. Either you stop praying or you're fired. And he had this opportunity really to say, ah oh, man, I need my job. I really do. I need to work. Um, I need to support my family. I need to um I think I'm just going to stop praying. I, I think I'm going to keep my job. I'm going to st stop going to the 50. I mean, I can still pray on the sidelines. I can still just close my eyes and still have a private mo moment, just, you know, me and God. And I get to keep my job. I mean, that's kind of important. He had that grand opportunity. But he didn't take it. Instead, he took the road less traveled. And he went down this this road really of of abuse legal abuse and he's come out victorious and so here we are in this moment we've watched we've watched coach kennedy do it now what about us how, how does this affect us well you know somebody out there is going to be like coach kennedy there is there are there are others out there there are other teachers in the public school system, other coaches in the public school system, other administrators in the public school system who look around and they see that this thing is, is upside down, it's backwards, it's wrong. 
it's absolutely wrong that that you cannot pray with a student, but yet you can you can manipulate that student's way of thinking to believe that that they're a boy or a girl, that they're the opposite gender, and that that's perfectly okay. There are there are good teachers out there. There are good principals, good coaches, good administrators out there who are going to follow this road. They're going to do exactly what the coach did, and we're going to see we're going to see this thing open up. That's my prediction. That is this is my prediction that we're going to see strong people, strong people that that have values and that believe in those values that have morals and believe in those morals and that are that are no longer willing to go along with the narrative and are willing to instead stand up to the narrative stand up to the bullying pressure and make a stand and see where that stand takes them that's that's my prediction i think that's where i think that's where we're headed and I think we have a Supreme Court who has said they're willing to to listen to those cases. They're willing to take those cases on. We have seen this court rule in favor of religious liberty on several occasions. This current court that we have, with 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 the addition of the three Trump appointees, they have ruled favorably on religious liberty cases time after time after time. And I think we're going to get to the point where we're going to see, we're going to see an instance when, when there's going to be full blown prayer in a public school, we're going to see it. That's my prediction. My prediction is we see it because there are strong people out there that are willing to, that are willing to, to to make this challenge a thing. It's you know there's with with the uprising of of parents going to school boards really throughout the country, it's becoming contagious. The left's willingness to continue to hide the deception that they're hiding, that in and of itself is becoming contagious because. You know, in the last indoctrination map, you know, there were over a thousand school districts that had that policy affecting over 18,000 schools that had that policy that they were going to hide information from parents. That has become contagious. But on the flip side, the courage that is happening in the hearts of parents on their way to school board meetings, that is also becoming contagious. And I had hoped to get into it today, that there is some courage and some some con- you know that's becoming contagious in California. We're not going to get to it because we're just we're flat out of time. We will get to it tomorrow. And it's exciting to see that. It is it's thrilling to see that parents are rising up. And as parents with courage rise up, and we're seeing school board members with courage rise up, and that's happening in California. We're going to highlight that. The school board members are 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 gaining courage and they're rising up and they're fighting state government. You know, school board members, as they rise up with more courage, they're being attacked by state attorney generals. 
but but that courage is breeding of the courage. We're going to see that happen. We're going to see that courage spill over into the school building, I predict. And we're going to see teachers. We're going to see administrators. We're going to see coaches that are that are just going to start praying. And, and they're going to... We're going to start praying with students, and there's going to be lawsuits. We're going to we're going to start seeing lawsuits left and right because how dare you? How dare you pray with that student? I bet we're going to hear from what, what was the name of that group? The religious, the the religious, the Freedom from Religion Foundation. We need freedom from religion. We don't need religion. Jefferson was wrong when he wrote the Northwest Ordinance that religion and morality are necessary for good government and the happiness of mankind. He was wrong. We need freedom from religion. That's what we need around here. We need more freedom from religion. So, you know, as this thing continues to come to a head, uh, it's it's going to get exciting. It is going to get exciting. We continue to watch courage just grow and grow and grow. And that, to me, just brings hope. So we shine the light of truth on the educational landscape, but we also shine the light of hope. It's out there. There is much hope to be had. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time we have today, America. Get out there and encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.